in the mindset of successful people is we have the ability to focus on that which is positive versus that which is negative. And I was a convert. You've got to remember, I was less successful uh, years ago. I have a mother who had extreme challenges. We had moved around from house to house, home to home, job to job. Keeping yourself motivated takes work. If you don't work out your body, you get fat. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast, your source for inspiration and motivation to achieve your goals, empowering you one word at a time. Umar Jang is an author and a blogger, and he will get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is Motivational Voice Podcast, and this is Umar Jang. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 15. Today, we are talking about mindset and success. I have the pleasure of welcoming Troy McLean, an inspiring and successful multipreneur, a business consultant, a motivational speaker, and frankly, just a very nice guy. If his name sounds familiar, it's because he was a candidate on season one of The Apprentice. But of course, there's a lot more to him than that, as you will find out. We all strive for some level of success in our lives. Oscar Wilde said, We are all in the gutters, but some of us are looking at the stars. No matter what your definition of success is, one thing is undeniable. It is accessible to all of us. But one of the biggest obstacles to success is the mindset we choose to have. Today's interview dives into just that, and I hope you draw inspiration from it and reevaluate how you think about your own success. With that said, let's jump right into the interview. Troy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Super excited to be on the podcast, and uh, thank you for having me here. Absolutely. It's, it's my pleasure. I, I saw you... The other day, speak at uh, one of uh, my regular events that I attend, and I, I just had to have you on the podcast. You have an interesting background, and I think people can learn a ton from, from what you have to say and what you have to offer. Uh, but before we dig into all that, would you just take a minute and introduce yourself and, and tell the listeners who you are and, and what you do? Sure, Omar. I'd love to. So my name is Troy McLean, and uh, currently I run a technology company called Tavuti. Tavuti is an online distance social learning system uh, that distributes your education through innovation in, edu in education. Uh, we use technology to connect everyone. Uh, I live in Boise, Idaho, and I've been a serial entrepreneur for many years, so this is just one of my latest endeavors. Uh, I started out in the real estate business, moved into the lending business, and, and then just fell in love with collaborative communities. And I fell in love with like-minded communities, and I just had to figure out a way how to connect them. So uh, through Tavuti, uh, we started connecting people. Tavuti, uh, Tavuti, how do you spell that? Tavuti, you know, it's a great uh, question. The name actually is Swahili, and it means website. And we were looking for a fancy name. It's spelled T-O-V-U-T-I, T-O-V-U-T-I. And Tavuti is Swahili for website, and 
as I was building this internal uh, system for our community, we had a community of several thousand people that were like-minded and in pursuit of how to find success, in pursuit of how to manifest their proper dreams, how to manifest uh, success, how to find health, wealth, and happiness, we started mm-hmm. to aggregate all this information through the people that I had met. And I've met with the likes of, or done business with the likes of, even been kicked out by uh, the likes of Donald Trump, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, uh, Mark Cuban, uh, you name them. Uh, Most likely I've had some type of introduction or done some type of interaction with them. And so we would share this information. And through that information, we would connect them. But I always called it the platform. And my programmers, uh, I have a brick-and-mortared office in Boise, Idaho. And my programmers like, that's not a cool enough name. I'm like, well, yeah, it's the platform. Like, what else do you want to call it? Uh, like, Troy, we got to come up with a cool name. <laughs> so it was actually my lead programmer's idea. And uh, he went on the word search and Tavuti. And so he said Tavuti. It means website. And so, yeah, we, we launched Tavuti right after the sale of my fourth uh, – I've uh, bought, built, and sold four different companies, and I sold my fourth company July 15th of 2017, and we launched right into uh, doing e-learning and, and uh, social learning management system, and Tavuti was born. Wow, that's, uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting information in there uh, that I wasn't even, even aware of. Uh, you mentioned lending, real estate. Uh, you've really been been around quite a bit, uh, so that's something that I definitely would have one of these days. We'll have to dig into that a, a little more. But uh, the I well, to, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. We, we perhaps in, in a future podcast or uh, we'll we'll talk about Tivudi a little more because uh, there's definitely some sure. some need for more interesting or more useful advice when it comes to e-learning and and um, specifically entrepreneurship in general uh, so uh, thank you for sharing sure. that i want to ask you this what is the the one routine that you do every day without fail it, it, a great question a lot of people have approached me with this question and what they first do is they look at my past and they say wait a second troy You've done real estate. You've done technology. Uh, heck, I even owned a bar. Uh, and I first share with people that the mindset of the entrepreneur doesn't settle into just one area. Uh, I call myself a multiplepreneur. So I'm always looking at, like, where can I expand this area? Where can I find a need or a fit? Uh, where is there a, a, something that can be provided in this particular vertical? But the the biggest thing, how I got there, and to your question, what is the one thing that I do every day without fail? Uh, first and foremost, I tell everybody, just get up. Get up early. Uh, you have to get up early. You have to get your mind jogging. The The brain, while actually not a muscle, acts and functions very similar to a muscle, meaning if you don't exercise it, if you don't work it, it goes into atrophy. So I get up early no matter what. I just get up early. There's... 24 hours in the day, man, just like, don't, don't waste them. The second thing I do without fail is I visualize. I constantly am looking at my, my future. I'm constantly looking at what I can do to solve this issue. And I try to have a mindset of uh, of positivity and a mindset of abundance. Uh, That's the one thing that I do every day without fail. The thing I do monthly without fail is I read. (laughs) 
I, I'm always reading. I really believe this, that, that readers are leaders. And readers, uh, the more you read, the more you learn how to lead. And so on a daily routine, I get up early. I visualize my day. I see myself accomplishing what I'm supposed to accomplish in a positive manner. And on a monthly basis, I read. Uh, and, and I'm not – I'll say this, that, that, that I have room for improvement on my reading skills. And so I, I read to, to improve, but I read to improve my mindset. I read to improve uh, my skill set. Uh, and so on a monthly basis, I'm always grabbing a new book. I'm always grabbing something. Oh, that's interesting that you talk about specifically getting up early and, and reading. I think there is a very popular, uh, if you will, program and, and that uh, Stephen Covey can, uh, has popularized, which is the, you know, talking about the seven habits of highly effective people. Yes. So, and I think... Uh, Sharpening the saw, I think, is the seventh habit, which which refers to always learning, always improving yourself, and being a better person than you were the day before. Uh, so I think there's a lot to un unpack in that. But yeah, getting up early, I think that's very interesting. That many many successful entrepreneurs have that uh, something to that effect, where they get up early and meditate, or pray, or run, or jog, or exercise, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. So that's uh, quite interesting. They do. No more. I tell. Yeah, I'll tell people this, that success leaves tracks. You simply have to follow them. And, and we'll discover this. No matter who it is, if they're successful, most likely we're all doing the same thing. Uh, there's no secret to success. Everybody's looking for the, the quick tip. Everybody's looking for the, uh, the workaround or the shortcut. Well, there's not. There's not really a shortcut. It's, success is simple, but it's not easy. Because there are days that I don't want to get up early, but I train myself to just get up. And I've discovered that I'm more productive in those earlier hours and whatever that routine is, that routine uh, that, that if, if it's for you, if it's getting up and drinking coffee and, and just getting your day started, great. For me, I get up, I drink my water, uh, I, I try to stay caffeine free. Uh, which I was a rabid caffeine drinker for years, but then I started reading and I started learning, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to stimulate my brain in other ways. Uh, I don't turn the TV on right away. I try not to do distractions. I just visualize without social distractions. I'll try to read a quote. I'll try to we read uh, a segment of a book uh, without distractions. No TV, no radio. But I'm not the only one that does this. Most successful people do that. So for your listeners, when they're thinking like, okay, that sounds too easy. Uh, well, success is simple. It's not easy because it's not easy getting up in the mornings when you've put in a 15-hour day. It's not easy on the weekend saying, you know what? I could just sleep in. Hmm. It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, I know that's very true. Yeah. Now, I think most people would may be familiar actually with your name from – you were actually on the first season of The Apprentice TV show. Uh, now, what motivated you to actually do that show? Yeah, I was on the first season of The Apprentice. That was way back in two... I went on the show September of 2003, so it was the very first wow. season. Bill Rancic, Kwame Jackson, Omarosa, uh, all, the, all the favorites. And, of course, I was the only one with just a high school diploma. And, and most people look at me today and they're like, man, with your client base and who you work with, gosh, what's your education? And I tell people, 
hey, just because I didn't pay tuition doesn't mean that I stopped paying attention because I've definitely paid attention over time. And so my motivation to go on the show came from just that. I had paid attention my entire life. I had built up and accumulated uh, in my local community a pretty good business and a pretty good uh, real estate holding. My mom had asked me to set a goal years earlier. My mom and I have been uh, – we moved around quite a bit from house to house, home to home, job to job. My kid sister is profoundly deaf. My kid sister is developmentally delayed. My mom is a three-time recovering drug addict, and my mom had just moved us everywhere. But my mom was the one that put this mindset in my head about you have to set goals. You have to set your dreams. You have to visualize the future. You can't rest in the unit of time that you're in. And so during high school, my mom bought me the book, Donald Trump, The Art of the Deal. That was in 1989. And in 2003, The Apprentice comes out. So in 1989, when my mom buys me this book and says, here, read this book. Look at this guy. If he can do it, you can do it. And I read it. It was Donald Trump. Had she given me a book about somebody else, I'd have, I'd have probably pursued that somebody else. But my mom said, you got to put pen to paper, and you got to declare something. So my senior yearbook quote in 1989, my senior yearbook quote was, Donald Trump, I'm coming. I read the book. I declared something to the world. Then in 2003, what motivated me to go on the show was to fulfill my promise. The show had come out, and they said they're looking for 16 people to compete for the job. And I thought, man, I've, I've been looking for this opportunity since 1989, and I'm prepared for it now. So I put in my application. I reminded him of my senior yearbook quote, which, by the way, I had mailed to him uh, years earlier. And there, lo and behold, I went on the show. Wow, that's interesting. What, did you ever get a response when you mailed that to him? I never did. I'm glad that you asked that. No, when I mailed it to him in 89, I never got a response. However, when I went on the show in 2003, his secretary remembered it, and they brought it up. Really? They're like, whoa, like, yeah, the, this kid sent this out. And I want to remind your listeners of that, that that's part of visualization. That's part of... Not accepting where you're at today, but visualizing where you should be, where you want to be tomorrow. And you and I talked about this more while we were at the conference mm. in Minnesota. And, it, and I say it the way my mom says it. Nobody is ever failing in life. You're just in between success cycles. You're not failing. You're just in between success cycles. And I was in between a lot of success cycles, but I had always visualized myself where I should be in my life, where I wanted to be in my life. And so I didn't accept the unit of time that I was in, and I visualized, I projected, and I manifested, and I just said, hey, I'm, one day I'm meeting that guy. Uh, it, I didn't know it was going to take from 89 to 2003 to make it happen, uh, but it did. Yeah, I think what matters is that you didn't give up and, and actually made it happen, made it a reality. That's right. Um, and, and speaking of, you mentioned uh, being the only one to have a high school diploma and uh, being on the show. Could you talk a little bit about uh, emotional intelligence uh, and why you feel that that's so important? 
Yeah, you and I, when I was at the conference in Minnesota, uh, you heard me speak to, and I really believe this, that there's, yeah. uh, I learned when I went on the show, I, when I first went on the show, I knew nothing about emotional intelligence, which is E-I, emotional intelligence. We have intelligence, which is I, and we have emotional intelligence, which is E-I. I didn't know the difference. I didn't understand it. But when I went on the show, there was 215,000 people that applied. There was 50 of us that went through a barrage of tests, test after test, EQ tests, IQ tests, cognitive reasoning tests, military stress tests. You name the tests, we took the test. And that's when I got introduced to emotional intelligence because there was a lady named Dr. Liza Siegel who it, ultimately I made it on the show and she said, man, I want to talk to you about your intelligence. We did an IQ test. Q just stands for quotient, which means test or assessment. And so your EQ is your, is your, is your test for your emotional intelligence. Your IQ is your test for your intelligence. She goes, I want to talk to you about this because here's your intelligent quotient. And by the way, I have one of the lowest IQs that was tested among all the apprentices, which sounds horrible when you hear that. And people laugh. It's like, oh my God, he's got right. low intelligence. Uh, I still had, I, I still had an above average. I just mm. had the lowest compared to these Ivy Leaguers and compared to these people with PhDs and MBAs. However, conversely, what she pointed out to me, and she goes, conversely, you have a very high emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence boiled down just it is your ability to find common ground with a group of people to move the mission forward. And it's your ability to regulate and recognize, regulate your, your own emotions and recognize others' emotions. And I found this fascinating, so I went on a journey to explore, discover, and enhance my emotional intelligence. Fast forward now, you know, what are we, 13, 14 years later, and I've just become a, a self-advocate of emotional intelligence. What I discovered was IQ came out in 1883, and IQ has not been really updated for over 100 years. EQ came out in 1984 and has, its, and has the ability to enhance your EQ through simple practices and simple methods. And so I'm a huge fan of emotional intelligence and your ability to enhance those in the workplace. Why? Because it's your ability to find common ground to move a common mission forward through regulation and recognition. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that uh, because it's whenever you look at a job application nowadays, they generally ask for uh, quote unquote conflict resolution abilities or skills, which mm -hmm. if you think about it, that falls under under what you're describing, which is EQ. So that's quite interesting that, that there's that connection there. So that's a good skill to have. Mm -hmm. now, oh, it's a great skill. Yeah, definitely. Now, you are quite an accomplished speaker. Uh, I've seen you speak uh, twice now. And uh, did you have a natural skill? Was it a natural skill or did you actually get those skills in terms of uh, your public speaking? Omar, this is a phenomenal question, and I do get asked this a lot. Yes, I had a natural uh, ability, so I had a natural baseline for it. But back to the emotional intelligence and back to working that, what I discovered 
is, and most of your listeners will probably relate to this, is uh, you might have natural ability and that's natural talent, but without working it, without grooming it, you really can't get better at it. But I discovered through public speaking that I had a, a, a chance and an opportunity to really hone in those public speaking skills through emotional intelligence. I was able to recognize my own emotions and regulate others' emotions. Was it too hot in the room? Was it too cold in the room? Was I talking too long, too fast, too short? Did I deliver the impact of the story in, in 10 minutes uh, or did it take me 30 minutes to deliver the impact of that story? So through the practice of increasing my emotional intelligence, I was able to increase my public speaking. And since then, uh, to, to that point, since then I've had people reach out to me for group classes. I've had re people reach out to me for one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I've really turned that into a career. I've, I've literally turned that into a high six-figure a year and close to a seven-figure a year career in just speaking alone, not including my other businesses. What an amazing impact. Once you have that ability to, to deliver a message to many from a one-stage position. Yeah, that's amazing success, fantastic. And I think the other piece that we tend to miss is you have knowledge that could help someone else. And the fact that you have the ability to get on stage and be able to master the, the delivery and the passing your message on to others is actually helping and is something that would have been missed by all those people you've helped had you not uh, been able to do that. So now, is there a difference yeah, between... Go, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that's absolutely right. Yeah, so you, you are absolutely correct on that, Amor. Uh, and and I, I think that it's a missed talent that needs to be uncovered in not just your listeners but anybody out there. The most persuasive marketing tool is public speaking. The, in any setting, if you're in business, you're in public speaking. Why not work on it? Yeah, that's, that's very true. Now, in terms of public speaking, I know that there are many, many, many opportunities for people to actually increase or learn how to do this, which in today's world of, of, um, of corporations, it's an important skill to have in terms of whether you're doing a pre presentation in front of, uh, let's say, a CEO or a board or even a group of employees. Are there any, any things that you perhaps learned since you've been um, giving all these speeches and being on stage that you would share maybe one tip? Yeah, absolutely. The, the first tips that I would share in public speaking is be authentic. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. Uh, there are some amazing, incredible, talented speakers out there, but if their, their style just doesn't fit yours, don't try to do it. Don't try to be them. Be, be the best you you can be. I'm what they call uh, polished unpolished. So I'm a little rough around the edges, but, uh, but I'm polished. But I still, you know, I talk with the twang. I walk with cowboy boots. I'm not that tie and suit guy. Although there's some amazing tie and suit uh, people out there, and they own that. And so be authentic. Be uh, objective-driven, not plan-driven. So I, I share this a lot with people. So there's a difference between having an objective and having a plan. If you have a plan and the plan falls apart, people get confused. If you have an objective, my objective is to motivate the crowd to do something. 
That's my objective. And my objective to motivate the crowd to do something in 60 minutes or less. That's my objective. That's not my plan. My plan is step one, step two, step three, step four. So I always have an overall objective and I don't – because the plan may pivot. Uh, when you are in control of certain things but not in control of others, I'm not in control of the speaker before me. So maybe he or she speaks over their limit. Maybe he or she speaks uh, and, and finishes up a half hour too soon. Uh, maybe the event had you know, uh, technical difficulties and your PowerPoint uh, is not able to run properly. Mm. That would mess up anybody's plan. However, objectives stay the same. Plans change constantly. So I tell people, have an objective in mind. Be authentic, have an objective in mind, and be concise. And so those would be the, the simple tips that I would share. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Now, is there, coming back to, to mindset specifically, is there a difference between successful people and less successful people when it comes to their mindset? Boy, this is, you're spot on on your questions. And I, I got to, for the viewers and listeners that are listening to this, you want to give a big thank you to Omar. He is lobbing these up for you <laughs> well, uh, so that you guys can, and he is. And this is, this is important to know this because these are the things that allow us to really speak to that. There is a difference between mindset and successful people and people that are considered less successful. And that mindset is just the, the ability to see abundance versus scarcity. And this is not my, uh, I adopt these, but I didn't invent these. So I go back to Napoleon Hill, I go back to uh, James Allen, I go back to Andrew Carnegie days. And the mindset of successful people is we have the ability to focus on that which is positive versus that which is negative. And I was a convert. You've got to remember, I was less successful uh, years ago. I have a mother who had extreme challenges. We had moved around from house to house, home to home, job to job. I had a kid sister who is profoundly deaf, development is delayed, uh, and I had an uh, I have a, a criminal record. I had two assault charges against me before the age of 21, and so you know I, I could have been following the obvious path of the legacy that was left for me uh, of my family who are petty criminals and living in trailers, but I I chose to retrain my brain. And I chose to look at the things that were positive versus negative. And it's, uh, it's the proverbial glass half empty versus glass half full. But successful people definitely focus on the abundance of life, on the abundance of the opportunity versus the, the negative, versus the scarcity. Like, well, if I do this, somebody's going to be pissed. Well, oh, my God. Well, if I do this, I could lose my money. Well, if I do that, I could. Uh, man, I, I'll tell you what. I could lose my job. And where successful people do, man, if I do this, I could double my money. Well, if I do this, man, it would be awesome to lose my job because I'd be self-employed. You know, so we don't look at the, the loss as much as we look at the opportunity. That doesn't mean we still don't plan. That doesn't mean that we still don't assess. But we just have a different mindset of risk and reward where we start to highlight the reward mitigate the risk and, and we aim for the objectives uh, and we build our plan to mitigate the risk yeah no that's a very 
very well said. Uh, I think the first time I, I questioned my own thinking when it came to this particular uh, topic of, of mindset in terms of between the, I guess, the, the difference between mind, mindset and success was I attended a conference where someone asked the question to the audience and said, if I ask you to spend $10,000 to buy this uh, particular item, would you buy it? And everyone basically said no. And he rephrased his question and said, if I ask you to spend $10,000 on this item, but you would make twice your money, would you do it? And of course, everyone said, yes, they would do it. And he, he rephrased and said, well, you need to stop focusing on how much it's going to cost you, but rather focus on how much it's going to make you. And that just mm-hmm. kind of turned a light bulb in my head in terms of how I viewed opportunities and, and assess risk. Exactly what you're talking about. I think that's a, a very, very important mind shift that, that most of us need to train ourselves to have. And that's uh, we do. Yeah. Yeah, Omar, we do. Here's I've said this. I've had some people come to me for uh, public speaking coaching. I've had some people come to me uh, for consulting, and they're coming to me and saying, "Fix me, fix me." Well, there's nothing to be fixed. You're great as you are. You're amazing as you are. We need to stop searching for the answers, and we need to start training for the truth. And the truth is. We all have the ability to be successful, but when I, I go, okay, do you really want me to coach you? Okay, do you really want me to consult? Yep, okay, well, here's, here's, here's the investment that you're going to make. And I go, oh, my God, I can't afford that. And I've learned to say this. If you can't afford this, you should be buying it right now. If you can't afford it, you should be buying it because that is your mindset. Your mindset is I can't afford it. You're not even looking at the upside that it could do for you, that it would do for you. Instead, you're focusing on I, I don't even want to enter the the game because I just can't do it. You have to invest in you. You have to build you. If I could get the maximum amount of belief, trust, and and skill set out of each individual listening, would you not triple, quadruple, uh, at least double your income? Would you not be happier, healthier, and wealthier? Of course you would. And what's that worth? Yeah. What is that worth? If it was a $500 investment, and you went, oh, man, I can't afford $500. Let me show you where you're spending $500 in in making yourself unhealthy uh, through the way that you eat, through the way that you sleep, through through the way that you uh, take in information. Let me show you where you're investing $500 uh, to make yourself less wealthy uh, because of these uh, less than perfect decisions in job placement, less than perfect decisions in settling, uh, and you know, let me show you where you need to in, increase that abundance versus that scarcity. And your happiness is so important. Nobody puts a financial dollar on happiness. What if you can see things in a positive light versus a negative light? What is what is the happiness in a marriage? Marriages are fifty fifty uh, divorce mm-hmm. rates right now, and so, but we never think about that going into a marriage. We only look at the positive. If I gave you the same statistics on on marriage as I gave you on financial advice, you'd go, oh, using the negative mindset, people go, I, I don't know if I'd ever do it. Did you question that when you went into marriage? No, you only looked at the upside. Now let's get you back to that place so that you can be healthier, wealthier, and happier. 
yeah, it's it always comes down to a matter of do you choose to think positively or negatively? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a glass mm-hmm. half full versus half, glass half empty. Now, what what are some immediate actions that people can take today to get out of the gutters, uh, so to speak, and start working on, on being successful? The, another great question. This is probably the simplest answer, but maybe uh, one that is harder for other people to compute. Because the simplest answer is retrain your brain. Look at the abundance, don't look at the scarcity. But here's what I'll give you. And, uh, be a one percenter today. If today listening to this podcast, you can become a one percenter just by applying yourself, would you want to do that? Well, of course, because people assume a one percenter is, hey, I'm going to be one of the one percent healthy or wealthiest people out there. When I say be a one percenter, you don't have to train your brain to be a hundred percent perfect today. You just have to be one percent better today and then be 1% better than that 1% tomorrow. So if you make a commitment, you have to be committed to training yourself. You have to be committed to the process because uh, it doesn't happen overnight. We as a society come from a microwavable world, meaning we want our food in 30 seconds or less. We're a drive-through and microwavable world. We want everything instantaneously, including our happiness, including our health, including our wealth. But as long as it took you to get to where you're at, it's going to take at least half that time to get you out of it. And so commit first. Commit to retraining your brain. Then be 1% better. If you've never said a positive thing in your life, make one positive comment about your friends, your family, and yourself through authenticity and believe it. And then tomorrow, do two comments. The next day, do four. The next day, do eight. The next day, do 16. And before you know it, you're going to look back and you're going to go, wow, things have changed. And I'll give you this example. Everyone remembers the conversation of their mom or their dad or their grandma or their grandpa talking about the first time they learned how to walk. And they can hear the description like, oh, I, ha- I put my little fingers, my little index fingers, and you were holding on to them. And you were stumbling all over the place. And, man, you started putting one foot in front of another. It was so cute. Everybody remembers that story, and we have children of our own now, or we have grandchildren, but who taught you how to run? Do you ever remember hearing, like, all of a sudden you just took off running? No. You see, once you learn how to put one foot in front of the other, it's just a matter of how fast you do it. So you all remember the story of someone teaching how to walk, but nobody talks about, when did you run? One day, you, Omar, one day I, Troy, I just took off running. Nobody taught me because running is nothing more than a faster pace of walking. Yeah, you have to take that first step. We just need to get people to walk. Yeah, you just got to take that first step. So we just need to teach people how to walk. They'll run on their own. Right, absolutely. No, that's uh, well said. Can you give a few tips on what you believe makes someone successful? Yeah, to me, what makes somebody successful is it's, first and foremost, success is not cookie cutter. Success is defined by the person living it, by the person believing it. So everybody thinks success has to do with money. And if I go back to what I was told by the people at Brookshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett, success should have everything to do with a definition other than money. Money is the byproduct of your success, but not the point of your success. 
if you include money in your definition of success, you're losing because you're always going to be a dollar late uh, or day late, dollar short, uh, and it's just going to drive you in the wrong way. You customize your success. You define your definition. If I take, I had a, 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 at a wonderful lady who at the time was in between success cycles and in transition uh, from one house to another and did not know where the other house was coming from. Three children. So to her, the definition of success was a warm house with a, a, a stable foundation and her children living with her. Is that success? Yeah, she hit her definition. That's success to her. For me, my definition of success is the ability to be of financial bills or responsibilities and always have an annuity uh, that allows me to give back to others, that allows me to grow other people's mindset. And, you know, the byproduct of that, to, to be, in order to be financially uh, free of the worrisome of bills, I have to make money, right? And so that's the byproduct of my definition. I want to be able to to be the global philanthropist that I that I am and that I, I enjoy being. Mm-hmm. In order to be a global philanthropist, uh, I have to be able to have some finances uh, to do that. I want my wife to have a very safe vehicle when she drives. And in order to have the safe vehicle when she drives, I have to be able to afford the vehicle. So the byproduct of that definition of success includes money, but I don't say, man, I want to buy a hundred thousand dollar car. Uh, and I need, I want to have a $250,000 Ferrari. Like I, I don't have those drivers. So everybody's definition of success is customizable. And I'll say this, it's your journey. But if you don't define success, if you don't define success, it's like jumping into your vehicle and expecting your GPS to tell you where to go without programming it. If you don't program your GPS, it doesn't do nothing. You gotta program your GPS. You gotta say, I wanna go to this destination. And when you program it, lo and behold, the GPS tells you how to get there. Program your definition of success so that your mind, body, and spirit can take you there. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, inspire, uplift, serve. I saw those, and I think in one of your companies, uh, you use it as uh, your motto, I believe. Why those yep, three I words? Do. Again, great question. I, I simplified it down, and uh, what Omar is talking about for the listeners out there is I have a motto that I live by, and I, I live by it. So it's, I have the McLean Companies, which is Inspire, Uplift, and Serve. Uh, that's the holding company of Tavuti. That's the holding company of another division that I have called All Access. But all of them have the mantra and the motto of inspire, uplift, and serve. And those words are so impactful to me. And I tell my staff, I tell my family, and I tell myself every day, whatever I do, I have to inspire. I have to uplift and I have to serve. So I have to inspire myself. I have to inspire myself to get up in the morning. And I have to inspire others. If my actions don't inspire then they're not the right actions for this company. If I'm not inspiring my staff to be creative, if I'm not inspiring my family to find love, to my family to find faith, if I'm not inspiring that, then I'm not serving myself. Uplift, I believe in uplifting. Every day I have to uplift somebody. Today, 
my obligation is complete because I have a bandwidth through you, Omar, that is allowing listeners that will be uplifted, and hopefully they're uplifted by that message. But I have to do that daily. I have to uplift myself every day. I have to inspire myself. I have to uplift myself. What am I doing? Am I a good person? I tell myself. I look at the actions that I've done in my life, and I go, you're a good person. You've done it. You've done good things today. Success is on a lease. It's on a lease, and the payment is due daily. Success is not guaranteed. Success is not bought. You don't own success. Success is a lease, and the payment is due daily. I make my payment because I inspire daily. I uplift daily, and then I serve. I serve my clients. I serve my community. And I serve myself the best way, the best way to get ahead is to give back. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about having the mindset of a servant. The Dalai Lama was a servant to global citizenship. The Dalai Lama was a servant. He was an emissary of peace. You didn't see him taking things, yet he got offered all kinds of things. But he served. He served his community. He served his global community. And so I believe in those three words and the impact of those three words. But it starts with yourself. Inspire yourself every day. Uplift yourself every day. And serve yourself every day. And then extend that out. Inspire others every day. Uplift others every day. Serve others every day. Sometimes that service is through our client base, we serve up what we consider to be a superior technology in the learning management system. And we serve that up to our clients and we inspire them to use innovative ways to deliver their education. We uplift them to think about other ideas so we don't just take their money. And so inspire, uplift, and serve is a mantra that I just tell my entire staff for the last now 20 years. I just come in. If you can't live by these three things, you can't work here. That's very powerful. Are you still there, Troy? I am. Oh, yeah, okay, I am. Okay. I, just, I, get, I get myself stuck in my own. Like right now, like, and thank you very much. I, I appreciate you saying that's very powerful. But like, I, I, I'm just, I believe in those so much. I just I, I take a pause and go, man. Yeah, no, that was like, I just I love that. Yeah, no, that was very deep. I mean, you can tell when someone believes in something in in that you you get lost into in your words mm-hmm. and so that really shows that you mean it and it's not just a motto that you stick on on a, on a website or, or a company logo mm-hmm. so now are there any projects you talked about your um, your learning management system Tavuti, which you know is that for small corporations large or can can anyone use that learning management system yeah i'm glad you asked about it it's my brand new mission like I said, we launched it July 15th, and Tavuti, T-O-V-U-T-I, uh, Social Learning Management System, a- anyone can use it. Anyone that wants to deliver their education through innovation and inspiration, it, we, the learning management system business is a very busy business. And we think that our, our, uh, that our value differentiator and our value add is we come at it through authenticity and we inspire uplift and serve. Uh, we have two global clients, one based out of Dubai, 
uh, and one based out of England. And then we have a couple local clients, statewide local clients. And it's just so fun to discover other people's forms and us to try to help figure out how do we distribute that? How do we get that out to the world? So they can hit me up. They can hit me up at Troy, T-R-O-Y, at Troy McLean, M-C-C-L-A-I-N.com. So Troy at TroyMcLean.com. Or they can go to Tavuti. Dot net to voody.net and just request a demo and i sure do appreciate you let me talk about that yeah, for absolutely. coaching and stuff always just hit me up for for troy at troymcclain.com i'm always available to uh just have a conversation and and to ideate and to I- innovate together and people like you and others that is how we get on the tracks of success we're willing to reach out and we're willing to follow through with our commitment so i commend and compliment you as well yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for, for, for doing this uh, interview. I think there's a lot of good information here. And I'll make sure I put all that information, your email, where they can reach you, and the website awesome. for the in, in the show notes for this podcast episode. Now, are there, I know we're short on time right now, but are there any final words you would like to share before we sign off? Uh, yeah, first I would like to share that I honor and respect you, and what you're doing is a perfect example of how you get successful. Uh, and so for those listeners out there, be sure to resonate the, the authentic thought of gratitude and be sure to remember success leaves tracks. All you do is have to follow them. And absolutely, leaders are readers and be 1% better per day at the end of the year. At simple math, you'll be 365% ahead. Be 1% better every day. That couldn't have said it any better. Well, Troy, thank you very much. I think uh, that's uh, very inspiring and our listeners will certainly get a lot of uh, golden nuggets out of this. So thank you very much for being here today and doing the podcast. I certainly hope that we'll be in touch again uh, in the future. You for sure. We, We will definitely be in touch. I appreciate you. Thank you very much as well. And to all your listeners, happy holidays. Same to you. Thank you very much. That was my interview with Troy McLean. It is absolutely insightful and eye-opening. I hope you take a moment and think about how you can take these tips and apply them to your own life. I think the first thing I would ask you to do is to start by believing that there is enough success in the world to go around and you can be successful if you believe in yourself. Stop settling for the ordinary. You have one life to live on this earth. Start that business you've been thinking about starting. Take your career to the next level. Land your dream job. Whatever it is, just do it. You must start thinking about how much more successful you can be when you start shifting your mindset. Think in terms of abundance rather than scarcity, like Troy said so eloquently. Train your mind to start thinking positively. Set goals. Start small. Start by saying to yourself, you know what, I can do this, I got this, and just go for it. Now, keep in mind that success does not happen overnight and requires perseverance. So when things go south, see it as a bump on the road rather than a sign to stop and run for the hills. Troy, as you've heard, had a lot of speed bumps on his path. However, He went on to do amazing things to the point that today he can actually give back to his own community. Perseverance, not being deterred by failure, 
having a plan, but most of all, taking action. These are the things that got him where he is today, and these are the things that will get you where you want to be. So after listening to this podcast, you have two choices right now. Choice number one, you can hit stop and go back to whatever you were doing before without acting on this information. Or choice number two, you can take everything you've heard here and take action that could change your life for the better and do something different even if it takes you out of your comfort zone. And if along the way you need help, reach out to me. I have a free career and life coaching strategy call, free of charge, no strings attached, to help you reach your goals. This is a 30 to 45 minute call during which we can determine what your struggles are, what is holding you back, and how can we overcome those challenges so that you can achieve your goals and unlock your true potential. I know it sounds cheesy when people talk about true potential, but really everyone has it within them to be successful and to reach certain heights in their life. But I strongly believe that everyone has success within them and that it's just a matter of understanding how you get there. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, we are our own worst enemy. To take advantage of the free coaching call, all you have to do is go to umarjang.com forward slash life coach and book a free call with me finally if you found this episode helpful share it with someone you think could use some positivity in their life that's it that's all i have for you today i thank you very much for listening to the podcast i know that you have a lot of listening choices when it comes to podcasts so i appreciate you choosing me and as always please stay safe and motivated goodbye Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com. 